0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support The Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity.
1: Quest presents an Encore presentation of Shelter in Peace.
0: Well, good morning, dear listeners, and welcome to AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm here with my co-host, Thomas Clements. Good
2: morning, good morning.
0: Good morning, and we are here with you with Shelter in Peace, so thank you for being with us. We also have our lovely producer, Annie. Morning, y'all. Yes, so um, we are here, as usual, broadcasting live from our studios here in Roswell, Georgia, and we are glad that you are joining us this morning. Um, So as we get started this morning, I would love, Thomas, would you be willing to lead us in prayer this morning?
2: That would be my pleasure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Jesus says in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And we ask you, Lord, to pour out this peace upon us and upon young people today. There's so much fear around us, Lord. The walls seem to be closing in for so many. Increase our trust in you. Help us to know you and to know this peace that you have promised so that even if the world seems like it is falling apart, we know that with you and through you, it is actually falling into place. Mm. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen, in the name of the Father and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for that beautiful prayer to kick us off, Thomas. That oh, was great.
2: That's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: You know, it's also it's always wonderful to be able to read scripture back to God. Oh yeah, yeah, to praise Him. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: And that's kind of what Jesus did in the the desert when He was facing the trial uh, yeah. with Satan. Right. You know, that Satan would quote scripture to Him, and Jesus would also quote scripture, but use it in a more meaningful way right exactly yeah. you
0: know they say that when you sing you pray twice i yeah. guess if you're reading scripture it's like probably magnifies <laughs> so many times yeah, right that's yeah. true
2: because it's, it's god's words and that he wrote himself so.
0: exactly so as thomas was um o- saying our opening prayer listeners you may have already noticed some of our themes that we're gonna be talking about because thomas was praying specifically for our young people and specifically for this time Or there just seems to be a lack of peace, Mm -hmm. and there seems to be a lot of fear out there, and things seem to be falling apart. For those of you who listen um, regularly, you know that we uh, started this topic last week. Last week, um, we started offering hope for our teens and young young adults. That's our topic, offering hope for our teens and young adults. And last week, we uh, spoke with Father Brian McNavish, Mm -hmm. and uh, we talked about kind of what he was doing as the director of the Catholic center at university of Georgia with those young people whose lives are a little different in college than they expected them to be. right? Yeah. But also just kind of, we talked about what's happening in the world these days, that there's a lot of, there are a lot of people who are struggling with um, depression, with suicide. Unfortunately, those rates are going Mm -hmm. up and up, especially young, young people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some of it is because of some of the things that have happened because of COVID as far as, people um, losing their identity, not understanding who they are, especially who they are as beloved sons and daughters of God, that they've got social isolation, um, just so many different, different things that are happening that um, the, the rates of that is, the, is increasing. So if you want to be able to go back and listen to last week's show to get yourself up to t- up to speed on some of the information and statistics we shared as well as um what father McNavish shared you're welcome to do that annie would you share with our listeners how they can do that
1: sure so there are two ways you can do that and my preferred method is to go on the quest atlanta app which you can find in your app store or on google play just search for quest atlanta and you download it and so when you open the app you'll just go to the what I like to call the little hamburger menu <laughs> up in the top left corner. Those three lines, Those three right? lines, yep. <laughs> and you'll click it, and then you click Programs on Demand and Local Shows. And then you'll see our local show choices, and you'll click Shelter in Peace, and it'll be one of the first ones because – you'll probably do it after this show. So that yeah. show, this show will be on there first. So, but yeah. you can find it by the date. Um, and so that would be the September 9th show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can go on the quest and go under programs there and find it under shelter and peace as well. Yeah,
0: great. Thank Perfect. you, Annie. And now
2: You're I welcome. want a hamburger. So thanks for
0: that. <laughs> You just made Thomas hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I need like a brunch
2: burger
1: though. It's like 11. Brunch, so. burger. You know, brunch burger. I can,
2: mm. I, we eat lunch at 11. <laughs> I've got little kids. We, yeah, we are. <laughs>
0: We're, We're all not about ashamed
2: that. of that at You're all. all
0: about that. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, and you know, the other thing is when you go on, when you go into that hamburger and you open up all <laughs> those different options, right? Um what's cool is we have had one of our volunteers has gone in and put the description of all of our shows, oh, all perfect. of our shows all the way back from April. You can go through and you can you can scroll through those and say, hey, I want to watch a show about or listen to a sh- one of the shows about, you know, how to overcome fear. Or I want to listen to the show that we talked about the Holy Spirit or, oh, I really love, you know, Father, um, who I'm going to pick, Father Dan Ketter? I love Father Dan oh, Ketter. I'm going to yeah. choose his mm-hmm. the show when he was the guest. Actually, I'm going to go ahead so I don't forget. Now, so listeners, stay tuned. Actually, for the next two weeks as well, we are going to have Father Dan Ketter on with us as our guest. Amazing. Yeah, on September 23rd and September 30th. So please come and listen then as well. So he's mm-hmm. got so much wisdom. Yeah.
2: Oh, so much wisdom. I, it, it, I don't know if he's finished yet, but. Last time I saw him, he was studying in D.C. to become a canonical lawyer. Oh, oh yeah, right? he
0: actually finished that, and he's been our canonical lawyer. He's actually in charge oh, of the tribunal now here in Atlanta. That's exciting. Gosh, I think he's been there for three or four years is it, now. Yeah. What?
2: Where is time going? That's yeah, I know. Insane. It, it
0: goes very fast it goes very fast so we were um so at back to this topic of you know what's happened in our world you know there's so many things that are going on and it's affecting all of us as adults it affects us but you know it really affects our young people because as we as we like to say in my house your prefrontal cortex is not quite <laughs> <laughs> fully mature yet i've got a 17 year old and a 20 year old and oh, fine. Um, so we say yeah judgment sometimes you know dad and i are in charge of your judgment as we help mm. to build and form and create you know help you have help you get better at that. But, um, no, I'm teasing. My kids are for the most part, pretty good, but just recognizing that there's mm-hmm. a, they're very impressionable. There's sure. a lot going on. And so this time of COVID has changed, made a lot of differences. And Thomas, before the show started, you and I both were saying at the beginning, it was kind of cool, right? Yeah. It's kind of nice. It was mm-hmm. like, be still and know that I'm God. Time. Yeah. yeah. Everybody had more time. Everybody just was able to really enjoy being together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, all the, everything was taken off your plate, off your agenda. So you could just take a deep breath. You were walking outside more, enjoying the springtime in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm.
2: Having more family time. I remember seeing, you know, parents and kids out in their front yards playing in the neighborhood and, it's just something that you wouldn't see very often because everyone was so busy.
0: Right, exactly. So that was great for the first maybe couple of months, yeah, right, yeah. for a mm-hmm. lot of people. For some people, unfortunately, who were maybe not in a safe place, mm-hmm. that was not very good. Yeah. But it's continued. It's really, it's dragged on now. And it's now, dragged on. And now, unfortunately, because of a lot of the other things happening in our, in our country and um, some of just being this social this forced social isolation, mm.
2: disconnection. Yeah, yeah,
0: disconnection has caused a lot more um, just depression and fear. Mm-hmm. And this change hasn't necessarily been as healthy, uh, especially mm-hmm. mentally for a lot of our young no, people. No, no,
2: it hasn't. A lot of people have really suffered uh, from that lack of community. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when you're alone with your thoughts for mm-hmm. so long, it can really, you know, you know, tear you down and right. become a, quite a burden,
0: right? And especially if you don't have a foundation of faith, mm, um, yeah. If you haven't, don't have a foundation of um, <clears throat> just recognizing who who you are mm-hmm. and whose you exactly. are, who exactly your identity is, right? Your, yeah. your beloved.
2: Well, that that's really kind of what made our experience with COVID. And you know, my heart goes out to anyone who's experienced death or, or great suffering in mm-hmm. it. That, you know, it's terrible. But you know, we we've had experiences in the past. Where we've you know had hard times, but mm-hmm. we you know learned through those to trust in God more. Mm-hmm. And so co- this you know coronavirus season that we've been in has been easier for us because mm-hmm. we've already you know been through so much with God that mm-hmm. we've learned to trust in him more, kind of like a, a marathon runner would look at running mm-hmm. a mile as not being as hard because mm-hmm. he's already run. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, twenty something miles before regularly,
0: right? Right, yeah, definitely, yeah. And so for our young people, I think the other thing is just change, yeah, you know? the change and, and the expectations, so right? You know, mm-hmm. so they're expecting. Like my son went back to college, mm-hmm. and he's expecting when we when he first got there, it was like, oh, great! Like three quarters of his classes were going to be face to face. That's great. He's a real social kid. He likes yeah, interacting yeah. with people. Oh, for sure. I talked to him last night, and it's slowly gone down and down. Like, now it's only one class. Oh, no. Uh, Only one of his classes Mm. is face-to-face now. So he only really gets out of his apartment for, like, one hour, three times a week. And he and his roommate and, like, two or three friends are trying to be really kind and gracious and um, thoughtful about other people. So they're really trying not to go into large groups or do anything like that. And so he's pretty much alone. He was actually asking us to send the family dog down there. (laughs) I think he's lonely and loneliness. Like you said, Uh uh, social isolation, loneliness. Actually, that's one of the things that they did link. I was looking, um, suicide, um, is the number one cause of death in China among people 15 to 35.
2: Oh no. That was
0: even as of 2017. It's even worse now. Yeah. Uh But they said social isolation. I can't say that word today. That is crazy. Social isolation is one of the key reasons for that. Yeah. 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 So, okay. We're getting really deep and and sad right now. But what we want to do really is talk about hope. You know, there's a lot of hope though, because once again, our Lord offers hope. And so last week we talked about some of the ways that Father Brian. Um, and his group there at UGA are creating some opportunities for social connection and for community mm-hmm. for the kids there, and really meeting them where their needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the kids there. Um, and today we've got with us. Um, we're going to have a conversation with somebody who reaches out to those who are even more vulnerable. Um, uh, it's it's interesting that our timing of this is right after yesterday was the feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Oh yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. we think about Mary and who's got all of the seven sorrows that she experienced um, uh, through the life of Christ and especially at his crucifixion. But she, she pours out her heart. She continues to want to draw people to Jesus. And, of course, we know that she weeps for those especially who are dealing with the hardest things in life. And so our guest today is the one, is one of those who stands in the gap for those and who really reaches out to those who are, especially those young people who are even more vulnerable or even the most vulnerable among us. So Thomas, would you be willing to introduce our guest?
2: Sure, yeah. So Victoria Ray is the head counselor at uh, Full Circle Counseling Services uh, up in uh, North Georgia and Cumming, Georgia. Uh, the first uh of its facility out here on the the east coast it was originally founded in Arizona and she went out there and then brought it back uh Victoria we're so glad that you could be here with us today.
3: Hi and um, can you guys hear me we yes
2: can. yes welcome
3: awesome this, this is so cool it's such a an honor to be here with you guys this morning and um I was just laughing at like the, the, the gifts this this is and my, the reality that my life is getting to be here with you guys this morning, and get to talk about something I feel so passionately about. So, thank you, guys.
2: Oh, sure, yeah. It's it's absolutely our pleasure to to have you on, Victoria, and we thank you for uh, making time in your you know busy schedule to to be with us. And and so you you talk about your passion, you know, for helping young people and. Uh, especially with, with addiction and, and the struggles that many are facing right now. Can you kind of share a little bit uh, with us of your story and kind of what led you to that passion?
3: Absolutely. Um, so, something that uh, I was thinking about when you guys were talking about when quarantine hit was you guys were talking about, you know, the, the peace and the time for stillness and, um, I guess my experience has sort of been the opposite, mm. right? Addiction definitely didn't take a time off during quarantine. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> yeah. it reared it's, it's nice, ugly head. Um, so, uh, but today I'm in this really cool place where that's actually a huge gift for me because I get to do more of the work that I love, but I guess kind of, yeah, going back a little bit, I'll share with you guys a little bit about who I am and, and my story and how I got to be a head counselor out here. Um, So I'll just dive on in. Um, I, well, right now I'm 26 years old, um, and when I was growing up, I grew up in this beautiful Catholic household, um, right? I would go to Mass in the mornings before school with my family, you know, every Sunday, kind of the standard Catholic upbringing, going to Catholic school, um, and Growing up, I never really felt comfortable in my own skin, and I talk about this with the kids that I work with a lot, but the feeling always was that everybody else had something figured out about social conversations and having friends and just being okay that I didn't. I always Mm -hmm. (laughs) always felt like I was on the outside, Um, and when I was 16, uh, I started being bullied pretty severely at school, and... I would go into, walk into class, and I would walk into the building, and I remember I was walking, there was this stairwell right when I walked in, uh-huh. and my heart would feel like it was beating out, out of my chest, and mm. I would go behind the stairs, and I would be like, okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. Um, and eventually, I got prescribed um, some anxiety medication, and I fell in love with that. <laughs> I was like, this is the secret I've been looking for. And when I was younger, too, I was, you know, I was eight years old. This was just kind of backtracking a little bit. I had really struggled in school up to that point. It's just kind of a wild ball of energy.
4: Yeah, same. And same with got, me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can relate to a that. Wild child, a terror, uh, as I think, you know, I was called. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <but> <laughs> I, I got prescribed ADHD medication, and it really helped calm me down. I did really well in school. But it was my first experience with I can take something outside of myself to kind of fix mm-hmm. what's going on with me.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and so when I got prescribed anxiety medication, um, it was that same kind of thing, right? Like I can take something and use something outside of myself to fix, to fix me, to mm-hmm. fix what's going on inside. Um, and it worked. And I loved it, um, probably more than the average person, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And so when I when I went off to college and I'm in this place of, you know, I'm totally uncomfortable, right? Like, mm. I'm already struggling with friends. I'm like, I'm going to be in a sorority and make friends. And I, you know, just scared and awkward. And, and I, you know, started drinking occasionally. And I remember the first time I ever smoked weed. I was like this this is it like <laughs> I have yeah. I have yeah. friends mm-hmm. it brings you know I think Thomas we we were talking about this the other day you know oh this is the greatest thing like it every, brings everybody together and yeah. everybody who's Yeah <laughs> Isn't, I mean, isn't uh, that interesting
0: too? How like Satan will use these things, right? Yeah. So where there's the hole in your heart, mm-hmm. where's the need for something, he's going to go, oh, here, Victoria, try this. This will this will fix that, and it'll give you. And so mm-hmm. he, he gives you this these false glasses to put on once you've stepped into that, that place.
3: Absolutely. And and the thing that you know that was funny to me is I had kind of grown up here and like Dru- drugs are bad, don't do drugs. Yeah. And when I started, you know, when I started getting high. I was like, everyone lied to me. Oh, you know, like wow. this, this, this is. I was like, because it, it worked at first. It did. It was. It became my solution to everything um, until until it didn't. Um, yeah. Really, what ended up happening was my life just got three degrees off. Um, and what I mean by that is, it's kind of like this example that we use a lot with with you know uh, the kids in the program, like when you, especially with smoking weed. Um, it's like. You know, if I'm trying to fly from here to Augusta in my, you know, in a plane, and Mm -hmm. I'm three degrees off, I'm going to get closer to Augusta, and I'm going to be able to see it and kind of like readjust and be able to land there, you know, if I'm flying from Atlanta to Augusta. But if I'm trying to get to Europe, and I'm three degrees off, I'm going to wind up in a different country or in the middle of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't feel like a big difference, but all of a sudden, the longer I'm doing that, my life just looks totally different Mm. than it would have had I not been doing that? So for me, within about a year, um, I had like, you know, I I was like always kind of really good at school and um, just stopped really caring so much. I ended up like dropping out of school, um, was working at GameStop. I had this giant like desire to do music and move out to Nashville and I did for like, you know, like three weeks and then it was really hard and I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And so I wound up within about like a year and a half, I was like living in my parents' basement, looking at GameStop, just like thinking, oh, I'm depressed and anxious.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
3: that's why I can't go to school. I didn't, Now, totally didn't tell any doctors. I was also getting high. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was kind of my first time. I was 19 when I realized like, hey, like I actually don't really want to do this anymore like i don't like this i want friends and to be okay um so i i went to rehab for the first time then and uh, really i you know i got some really good stuff there but it just the thing with addiction is that um if i'm not willing to kind of throw myself all the way into that and really discover what a new way of life is it doesn't really um if Like, it, it it doesn't get better, right? I can't just, like, go out and start drinking again, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, it's, I'm doing this super normally and whatever. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. So within about two years, I just kind of spiraled into this cycle of, you know, of addiction, kind of trying to be sober, not trying to be sober, um and got exposed to more people that were doing harder drugs. And, you know, if we was great, then that probably is awesome. And, mm. um just really got it really deep into into heroin and um at that point in my life did like a 180 um and it was crazy so i was 22 and i remember kind of you know one time i i was getting high and um i fell out and was like kind of woke up on my bedroom floor and um as i had like tried to go back to school and i just sent out this like super super honest prayer of like god like I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I, I've got to stop doing this. It's been, you know, the past four years of my life and I'm sick of it. Mm. Um, and within five days I was in a, this community down in Florida where, um, I mean, like I just, I learned so much and I'm, I, it's, it stopped, you know, and, uh-huh. and it wasn't because I just was like built up the willpower. and it was like, I stopped. Um, what ended up having to happen was I had to replace that replace getting high with something better yeah mm. it had to be better or i wasn't going to do it that is awesome
0: um, and hold it victoria if you'll hold yeah. on for me one quick second so listeners if you were yeah. just tuning in to shelter in peace you are listening to victoria ray and she is sharing her personal story just to o- offer some some hope and some encouragement for those of you out there who are maybe um have a, a child maybe have a a friend who has a child, um, who's dealing with addiction, who is, um, has, is dealing with some depression issues, some addiction issues. And, um, Victoria has, has an amazing story herself, but, um, Victoria, one of the things that just struck me about the story that you, that you just shared was you knew already to cry out to God, Mm, right? Yeah. You know, so he Mm -hmm. was, he was already there. Your, your family had already planted this firm understanding of that there is a God and he is your God and he loves you. And, um, so, so you knew who to cry out to at that point, right?
3: Yeah. And, and I've been asked by, and it's funny you talk about that because I I do want to be able to talk, speak to some of the parents I know that are listening. Um, but I got asked by this dad one time on an airplane, um, and I don't remember how we got into the topic of, you know, what I do now and, who I am. Um, but I was sharing with him a little bit and he was like, well, I've got a daughter that's eight and 10 and I want to know how do I keep them from going down that path? And I mm-hmm. said, you know, mm-hmm. I really think, you know, addiction's a lot like a landmine, you know, like some people don't hit it. Some people do a lot of times, you know, some people's land, you know, the ground they're walking over is riddled a lot more with these landmines, you know, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different risk factors and um, some people don't have that.
4: Mm, I love that.
3: Definitely what I grew up with, Mm -hmm. you know, I had been exposed to a life that was better than getting high. Like Mm -hmm. I had encountered God before. My parents, I knew my parents loved me. I knew there was something better out there. And so when I was ready to go back and to really, to embrace what God was asking me to do, I knew where to go.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's that's something what
3: I talked to those dads about. Yeah.
2: That's something I, I experienced too. I remember coming back from, you know, like it was still in addiction, but I started going back to mass and just remembering, you know, what I experienced as a kid. It all just kind of came flooding back and it caused me to want, it like propelled me to want to keep doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, back to that scripture, you know, if you bring up a child in the way he should go, mm-hmm. you know, he will never, he won't. How I for, just forgot the end of it, but he won't depart from it. He'll basically yeah. come back. I mean, that's one of the yeah. scriptures that we give to parents as a lifeline to hold on to it. You know, you brought him up in the way mm-hmm. that he should go. You brought him up in the love of God and the admonition of God and in the, in the, the joy and the hope and the peace that God offers. Like you said, Victoria, you knew there was a better way. So if you bring your children up knowing that. And yeah. that was something we shared on the last show that's been so sad recently is that the number of people going to mass has really declined. Oh, yeah. Um, And of course, right now during COVID, I'm just really concerned about Mm -hmm. people coming back. Well, they say
2: like 50% have already decided they're not...
0: That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So all the things, Victoria, that your parents instilled in you, that foundation they gave you through being able to go to mass and, 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 and partake of the sacraments and experience the love and the hope of God. You know, listeners, we just, we are just praying for you that yeah. you continue to instill that foundation into your children and you continue to, to find ways to help them experience the sacraments, even if you have to get creative about it and to continue to know that God is there for them because like Victoria said, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what could happen? We've talked before, we've got that the evil one is out there trying to devour our souls and he's going to mm-hmm. use a lot of different ways to do it. You know, whether he's going to use the fact that they, they you know, were on ADHD medication and then ended up going on some anti-anxiety medication and, you know, all of these different things that are kind of become normal parts of our society and that for you led you down this path, but you knew there was a, some things that you could go back to. We've got about a minute before mm-hmm. we go to break. And so, um Victoria, I know that when we come back from break, we really would love to hear more. Was it the um uh Chinocolo Chinoclo yeah. is it was yeah. it Chinocolo that you went to in Florida? Is that right? I did. I was there for about fifteen months. Wow, okay, so when we come back mm-hmm. from break, we would love for you to share with us your experiences at Chinocolo and just kind of explain a little bit more um about that. So listeners, stay tuned and we will be back um, right after this short break in our conversation with Victoria Ray.
1: I'm Father John Klein, chaplain at Holy Spirit Prep, and you've discovered AM 1160 The Quest, where faith meets life, covering all of Metro Atlanta and beyond. Listen on air or find us online at thequestatlanta.com any time of the day. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti. From venture with virtue, Catholic Super Bowl champ Elvis Gerbach shared with me the key role discipline played in his journey.
3: Discipline is required to form good habits, and this takes three things. First is to focus on your goal, then develop a plan for how to reach that goal. Third is practice, practice, practice. Over time, obedience to the practice and discipline of forming good habits leads to the freedom to just play the game and not even think about it. It's what the greats like Michael Jordan and Tom Brady did. And we can apply the same approach to faith by focusing on our ultimate goal of heaven, developing a plan for our spiritual life
1: and forming habits of virtue. It becomes easier to grow in faith, make good decisions, do good and sacrifice for others. And when we do this, we live with freedom in Christ, just like the saints did and grow in holiness and become saints ourselves. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener shared.
0: Every time I get in my car, I turn on The Quest, and it seems to always address whatever is on my heart that day. God is really speaking to me through this station. Thank you so much for bringing a message of truth and hope into my life and to so many others across Atlanta.
3: If you're enjoying The Station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com.
1: take AM 1160 The Quest with you no matter the location. Listen live any time of day. Discover community resources and submit prayer requests at thequestatlena.com.
0: Welcome back, listeners, to Shelter in Peace. If you were listening to us a bit earlier, you heard we've been talking with Victoria Ray. And our topic today is offering hope for our teens and our young adults, especially in this session um, about those who are struggling with addiction. And right before the break, we had mentioned um, Victoria was telling us her story and how. She had this beautiful foundation that her parents had given her. She knew who to turn back to when her um, when her life had gotten to the point where she was ready to turn back to God. Um, and you, you mentioned that briefly, I'll just mention briefly, um, because I just learned about Chinakalo this morning, um, that it's actually worldwide. Mm-hmm. It was started by an Italian nun, right, Sister Alvira? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that um, that they're all, all over the world, but they're really interesting places for people to be able to go for all kinds of addiction. But you were only there for a short time, but then I know that you went to um, another place. So can you share with us more about the other ministry or the other um, place you went that was so helpful for you?
3: Yeah. So, um, well, I went to Chinnacolo uh, when I was 22, And when I was there, I really did have a a very huge encounter with God and with community of a people um, uh, that loved me um, unconditionally. And um, I also had a really strong encounter there with um, how important it was for me to learn how to love other people. And it was this weird thing. Like (laughs) I remember this this one time I was, you know, there was a girl who I just entered and I was working with her a lot and. The whole day was just about her, you know. My whole day was like, how can I love her, pray with her, talk to her, tell stories to her, let her be angry at me, Mm. and kind of love her through that. It's beautiful. And it was this weird secret, like it, it. And I realized I remember going back to the chapel at the end of the day and being like, oh my gosh, like I didn't think about myself all day. Wow. Like I was out, I was out of my head, my crazy, fearful, insecure thoughts. Uh, the entire day, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is it. This is the secret. Um, hmm. Loving other people, letting God love through me." Um, so after I left, um, I, it became really clear when I you know went back home, and I like walked into a Target, and I remember walking into the Target for the first time and being like, "Oh my gosh, like I can't do this. I'm freaked out. I've been here in this community for a year and a half, and I'm scared." Mm-hmm. And
4: mm-hmm. I
3: realized immediately, and I knew this because of being in the community. Mm-hmm. that I needed to find a community at home or mm-hmm. I was going to go back to doing what I was doing before. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think we just lost Victoria. So we're going to go ahead and talk until Annie gets her back on the phone with us. But I want to mention, so for those of you who are curious about Chinacolo, just because I had to look it up, um, it's it's an Italian word, so it's actually spelled C-E-N-A-C-O-L-O. So C-E-N-A-C-O-L-O, so um, Chinacolo, and um, it was founded by this nun whose brother was in addiction, and it's an amazing place. They have homes all over the world um, where you go, and I think you work, right? Is Thomas, is that what you said? You work? While you're there?
2: Yeah, you work and you, you basically grow your own food. You all you know do things to take care of each other each in the other. community.
0: Yeah. So a lot of community. So like Victoria was just sharing with us, she learned about loving other people, serving other people yeah. and, and creating community.
2: And live in that community, which yeah. is really important to, you know, grow as a person to experience others and to love them
0: right great so that's exactly where victoria just was on her story where she came back and realized oh wow how important community was for her so victoria we've got you back
3: right yes yes i'm here i'm not sure what happened it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey technical difficulties. yeah time. of course um, so. yeah um what did I say? yeah so no when i came back i i and you're, you're right the importance of community like i knew how critical that was. So I ran around looking for one. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. and really what I encountered was, um, I met this man, um, at my, the job that I had ended up getting, doing uh, substance use prevention in my County. Cause I always knew like I wanted to do something with drug abuse. Like I wanted to help the families that have struggled like me, mm-hmm. um, and really prevent people from going down that path. Mm-hmm. So I met this guy um, his name's Matt Meyer, and he works down at a Enthusiastic Recovery Program. It's an intensive outpatient program in Roswell, and mm-hmm. we just got along really well. And he was telling me about their program, and I started going over there. and And I didn't need treatment by any means, but I started hanging out with some of the counselors and some of the kids over there and, and I did an event for them and I just, I fell in love with it. I was like, this is a community of young people that are getting sober and having fun and learning how to love each other. And I want to be a part of this. And I, and I told him, I said, I wish we had a place like this here for kids that struggled with more than just, you know, substances. And he was like, Oh, that actually exists. Um, It's a ministry of the Catholic Church called the Full Circle Program, and Hmm. it's out in Arizona and in Kansas City and in Colorado. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, why isn't it here? (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) Can we we do that? Now, I I said that kind of thinking he'd be like, yeah, like, set us up with a couple of donors or, like, let's connect the dots. And um, the the shortened version of the story was like, well, if you want to be involved and do this, then... Here, go train here, go out to Phoenix into a little circle out there and bring it back. Wow. And um I was like, Well well at first I was like, No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, That's hard. Natural uh, response. Yeah. And don't we <laughs> all do yeah, that, like, right? Yeah. Right.
0: That's we nice. ask God for something, we say, Okay, God, I really want this and then and then he goes, Okay, here you go. Step right in. And you're like, Okay, for I'm just staying in the boat. I'll just stay yeah. in the boat. It's okay. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm like, no, that sounds challenging and scary. Um, but I couldn't get it out of my head. Like, mm-hmm. I would pray and it would come up. And I had been offered a couple of other positions, but I couldn't get this one out of my head. And wow. um, really, yeah, I did. I just I prayed mm-hmm. about it a whole lot. And every time I would think about it, I would get this overwhelming feeling of like desire and peace. i like, oh, wow. this, is, this is where I need to be. This is where I need to go. So, I called um, Clint Stonebreaker, who's on the board of Full Circle, and he lives in the area, and I, I said, hey, I'll, I, I want to do this, and went to training, and it was um, off to the races from there. Wow. And it really was this beautiful kind of combining of both my worlds, that you had that, that ministry of the Catholic Church piece, you know, so I could outwardly just live my faith, mm-hmm. um, but also just casting that wide net and creating a community of young people um, awesome. to fall in love with recovery. so, yeah. And that's what I do now. And it's awesome. I mean, it's so cool.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many parts mm. to the, your story, Victoria, that you shared. Um, thank you so much, first of all, for being so open and intimate. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. here's the other thing, is we all deal with stuff. We all deal with stuff. And it may not be um, as obvious to other people around us as if you're doing drugs, potentially. But mm-hmm. we're all dealing with some sort of Fallenness, some sort of addiction, some sort of um, suffering. But when we keep it hidden, because yeah. Satan, right? He wants us to keep it hidden. And so, the longer we keep it in the dark, the more it spirals out of control. But if we can be, if we can be vulnerable and open and bring it into the light, then God can heal it, and He can take it from us, you know, and He can heal it. And so, part of your um, beautiful testimony is being able to say, Hey, here's what happened and here's what's going on. And I need to tell people. And I, I, when I did tell people, here's how God was able to heal me and what, here's what he did for me. And then the other thing that you just said, I think so many of our listeners sometimes they'll say, or my friends will say, how do you know when God's talking to you? Right. Yeah, uh-huh. And you just described it perfectly because you said, when I was praying, I would become overwhelmed with this feeling of desire and peace.
2: Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that because it was both desire, like, Oh, we just lost her again.
2: Desire. So and desire. Yeah, yeah. So like
0: desire, like I'm desiring that I have the energy, the excitement to actually do something, uh-huh. but also the peace that it's like, it's okay. Because before she was talking about, you know, Victoria was talking about how it was fearful. Oh my gosh, this is too yeah. overwhelming, yeah. right? This is too mm-hmm. scary to, to try to do this. So yeah, that desire and peace, I think that's really, really um, important there. And so, um, so that's so cool that um and and we've also talked about this before. God will use every experience we have, right? Oh sure. Yeah. So in this case, even just even the experience of addiction, using that experience and taking that experience and then giving her the opportunity to love others, like she said, she, when she was at Chinookalo, she got to just serve that other girl. Oh And, yeah. and how that felt to mm-hmm. do that all day mm-hmm. long, and now she gets to serve. You, you know, Victoria. Now you get to serve other people all day long. Um, so God just really, he, he pours into us where he he uses every part of our Mm -hmm. experiences and then he pours into us and helps us be able to use our experiences, um, for his glory, but also in a way that brings us peace and brings us, um, joy because we can hear it in your voice, Victoria, as you're talking, you know, that you do have both the
3: joy and the peace at the same time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been this huge unexpected gift and, it, it's great that you talk about bringing things into the light too, because um, that was always something that was really scary for me to do.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, especially gr- growing up in this like beautiful Catholic house, like you know, I felt like I always I just would walk into church and feel like this weird black sheep of like, oh, there's the mm-hmm. girl who, you know, is sober and covered in tattoos now, and um, oh gosh, what does that mean? But really, um, when I started to be open and really. Um, kind of let that light that had been given to me shine through. and I it just because it just was I was able to do so much good work mm-hmm. um, that it was worth it. Like I wouldn't take back, um, at least not today, I wouldn't take back any part of my story just because of the way that it allows me to be of service and to love other people on mm-hmm. this really cool level. Um, and I actually I, I do want to talk about that a little bit because Please. i when I do meet with parents um, because part of the program is, um I mean with we work with families and with um the young adults that come in and so often they'll come in and they're they're freaked out, you know, um you know, how could this happen to my child? Did I cause this? Did I did I do this? And mm. you know, we talk about that a lot. No, you know, you didn't cause this. You can't control it and you can't cure it. You've mm. tried. Yeah. It's <laughs> not working. Um Beautiful. Yeah, and, and um Really, addiction and really getting getting help with this kind of stuff, it doesn't mean that your kid is going to be marked for life with this scarlet letter and that this, you know, oh, they've got to be sober now, right now, or they've got to, you know, come to this program or do this or be, you know, have a certain kind uh set of standards. It's not this, doesn't have to be this terrible, dreary weight.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, my
3: experience is kind of the opposite,
4: hmm.
3: right? Um is that it really gives them all of these really cool tools of how to be truly, truly free. And it just, and it's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be better than getting high. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's not, then they're not gonna wanna do it. And so we do put a lot of emphasis on having fun, um, finding fulfillment in what you do, whether it's helping the person in front of you or, you know, talking to the new guy who really, really wants to get high and finding your purpose and fulfillment in that. Mm-hmm. um that connection with god peace that just fills that void that, Um, and it, yeah it just it can become this way of life that's 10 times more fulfilling than if they had just you know floated through without really tapping into something greater yes. and the yes. thing with mm-hmm. uh substance use is you really don't have a choice either you're going to live this life where you're kind of dead and um living for one thing which is your next fix or you know mm-hmm your next high. Um, or, uh, you're going to be connected to God and live with spiritual principles and live and love other people. Mm. And you don't really float in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful
2: example of how God brings, how he's able to bring good out of the the evil that we experience, Victoria, how, you know, we, we go through like an, an addict will fall into this pit and then, you You point out like okay well the, to get out, they have to learn these certain coping you know tools and mechanisms to to be able to get out of it and then actually go from you know suffering- mm-hmm. and you know having a very bleak and you know you know terrible life to you know thriving mm-hmm. and being able to have those mm-hmm. tools to to trust in him more and to be even better off uh because of it.
0: You know, you know, what mm-hmm. makes me think of another analogy is they sometimes talk about if you've broken a bone when it heals, it can actually mm. be stronger than it was before. Wow. Yeah, right. You know, So I'm thinking about all of us. Like I said before, all of us have some sort of addiction. All of us mm-hmm. are in bondage in some way. And yeah. so, Victoria, as you were describing, it was like you have a choice of either being totally in bondage. Or totally free. There's no like half bondage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah yeah. 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 And so all <laughs> of us, right? All of us are in bondage of some in some way. But we just kind of are able to still get through life without um admitting it, mm-hmm. and we can still do our mm-hmm. daily, and nobody really knows and so so many of us don't have that opportunity to learn to learn those skills to learn those principles to really tap into making sure that we have this we've created this connection with God that is ours and that is strong, right, and mm-hmm. so in a way, it is I'm sitting here thinking about you you know those who've gone through this this journey of addiction. It's almost like you you were you had a broken bone and now it's fixed, but it's even stronger than mm-hmm. ever before, and stronger than a lot of other people who are still just lumping along, ignoring the fact that um you know it's not really broken, it's just slightly fractured right
3: yeah and and something I always like to talk about too is you know I think we all are in recovery from something, yeah, yeah um. And it really is this opportunity to to get that gift of real freedom. And I think a lot about this—that um, that quote from Pope John Paul II. You know, freedom is not the ability to do what we want, but mm-hmm. the freedom to do what we ought. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um And I wait, wait, hold so on. Good. Can you say it
0: one more time for our <laughs> listeners? Because I'm sure somebody's grabbing grabbing a pen right now, getting ready to write that down. So say it again, a little
3: slower. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm, I I think I'm getting it exactly correct. So now I'm, now I'm nervous. You might want like, to Google it. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, But, yeah, it, freedom is not the ability to do what we want. Free, it is the freedom to do what we ought.
4: Yeah.
3: So um, when I'm in bondage, whether it's to food or to, you know, Um, uh, substances or people or, you know. Binging Netflix, even. Binging Netflix these days, right? My Snapchat. I I Literally, I I hate Snapchat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I battle against Snapchat every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, But whether we're, whatever bondage that looks like, Really, it is, it, you know, I'm not able to be as free to love like I want, mm-hmm. to encounter God like I want. Um, and that's where real freedom comes from, at least for me, yeah. with my freedom from my crazy thoughts, my, you know, my self-centered fears. Um, when I'm loving another person and letting God love me through, uh, through that love connection there, um, that's yeah. real freedom. Correct. And that's the stuff that's better. Something's <laughs> better than getting high well that that's that's um, so
2: good, yeah. Victoria, and you know you've shared so much wisdom with us, and that this your story is tremendous what What advice can you give to parents right now who might have you know kids, teenagers, or even maybe young adults who you know might be experiencing more fear from covid or might be struggling mm-hmm. more with maybe addiction or you know other situations yeah,
3: so. One thing, we've kind of talked about this a little bit during our time, but just not being afraid to bring it to the light. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be this death sentence. It's more, it, it's, really, it's really the opposite. It's really a chance of helping your kids get a full life, everything that God wants for them, um, and not letting it be this fear-driven Thing. And I know that's so much easier said than done because, when you know, whenever parents talk to me, I'm um, the last conversation, <laughs> the last person <laughs> that they, they thought they were going to be hanging out with for an hour yeah, uh, yeah. talking about their kid. <laughs> um, but even I think with the, in the middle of all of the stuff going on with the pandemic, there's so much fear. Mm-hmm. And my experience is that fear is just can be this corroding thread mm-hmm. that starts to ease its way into every other aspect of our, of our lives. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're being dictated by fear, you're not within, out of faith. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that you don't get scared because we're human beings. I get scared. I got scared right before coming on to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be on the radio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and, but like, but fear is is all the things that would tell me, "Hey, I'm not good enough to talk right now." Yeah. Like, you don't know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. You don't help anybody. All that stuff—that's fear—and I don't. I choose not to live out of that. Anymore. And we know where it comes from, um, right? Yeah, it comes yeah. from the
0: pit of hell. It's not true, right? Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. it, it's not real. It's false events appearing real. S-E-A-R. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I always um, say that one too. Yep. False evidence yep. appearing real. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a it's a it's a good one. It's it's pretty simple. So, um. And I think we forget, especially with, during this time, that like God already knew that this pandemic was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like God already, if you've got a kid that's struggling with drug abuse, like that's awesome. God already knew that that's going that was going to happen. He mm-hmm. didn't like, oh crap, like oh this one I forgot to keep him away from <laughs> drug.
4: like he, that's not what was happening
3: um, at all. He's right. in the middle of all of it. Yeah. Um, so if he knows that, and if he's in the middle there. And if we're going back to him and saying, "Okay, like this is happening, what do I do next?" Then we're open, open, opening ourselves up to get solutions, yeah. to get help, to find the people that that do know a little bit more about this. Because you know, the reality is, is that you know, I'm I'm really good at my job um, because I've I've been through stuff like mm-hmm. this, yeah, and yeah. got, and this is my vocation,
4: right, um,
3: right? You know, as a parent, you're not supposed to be the the therapist, the drug counselor, the school tutor, mm-hmm. the everything. Oh,
4: nice. You are know, you're, yeah.
3: you're, the, you're the parent, uh, you know. Um, your job is simple. You, you give them the tools to which to build a better life, and then, um, you know, you show them the way you set up walls with them and say, you know, these are the rules. This is, these are the ways I'm going to support you. And then if they choose to jump over those or get into deep water, You're not the person fearfully running out on the lifeboat to kind of get them. You're the safe harbor
4: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: Mm -hmm. that they know where to turn back to. So I think the fear piece, especially now, um, has just been huge. And not to let that corrode into all those other areas and to not be afraid to say, hey, I I might not know how to help my kid, but there are other people Mm -hmm. that God has put here for Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I was thinking.
0: I think that that, that's so deep and so rich and so much yeah. for people to really sink into. I've got a practical question for you, too, because, you know, with fear, yeah. what we tend to do is we want to shut down, right? Right? We want to close it up. We want to shut it down, kind of like what we've done with our society, with our churches and everything. Yeah. In oh, fear, perfect. we like we freeze, we shut down. And what you said mm-hmm. earlier was... You want them to see that there's a better option out there. So if I have an addiction and you just shut me down, then I'm just kind of lost in the midst of my addiction still. And I'm not seeing that there's a better way out there. You're not showing me a better way. So what do you do with young people both to bring God? I mean, this is a Catholic ministry that you, that you, that you're serving with. How are you bringing mm-hmm. God into this, and how are you showing them there's a better there's a better life? And is there a practical thing you would tell parents to do too, instead of just kind of shutting it all down out of fear, but to show um, mm-hmm. that there is a better that there is a better way?
3: Yeah. So the so full circle um, it is a ministry of the Catholic Church. The kids that come to the program don't have to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't. You know, I live my faith very openly and out loud. It's very evident. But I I don't. You know. I, they come in and they say, oh, I believe in nature. I'm like, all right, cool. And we'll mm-hmm. start there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but really, I think for young people, it's got, the, I the and you may have heard this before, the opposite of addiction is connection.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it's great. not necessarily being, you know, just staying sober. Um, it, there, it's so much more, more than that. Um, and con- that connection piece really is where, Healing happens. And there's a lot of stuff we could talk about with the brain and everything, but that's kind of boring and um, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, uh, really, uh, what we what we do with Full Circle and and with other enthusiastic sobriety programs is, you know, uh, we put a big emphasis on the this relationship with other people. having fun with doing stuff that's better with better. it's better than getting high so Mm -hmm. especially with like the covid lockdown pandemic stuff i think um keeping your kids isolated you know oh i caught my kid smoking weed i'm going to ground him for an entire week and stick him in his room is kind of the opposite Mm -hmm. of what you want to do um you want to get them around other people that are going to be able to help them Mm -hmm. because the reality is is if it's not better than getting high is not gonna wanna do it. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's really profound. And stay, yeah, staying in your room all week and having nothing to do. Of course like I'm gonna wanna get high the whole next week because I just did nothing and that was miserable and awful. Mm. Um so we t- we with what we do with a lot of the kids, we have our meetings, we talk a lot about spiritual principles and being a service and all that stuff. But we also have like a lot of fun. We're mm-hmm. laughing. That's we say cool. we say get high every day. Not like I <laughs> <not> like <laughs> get high on drugs every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, taken it out of context. It's really bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But we talk about you know you've you've got to find a substitute, and and that substitute is anything from you're having these late night conversations and you're laughing and you're hanging out and you're going and you're driving and you're doing something crazy um, to like the person the new person that comes in and you talk to him for two hours and you see the light come in on their in the in through their eyes, and and you fall in love, and you become friends with somebody. So so you heard it
2: from us listeners, get high every day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Get high on Jesus. I I think you need to throw that out. I feel like the mom here. Get (laughs) high on Jesus.
2: Sorry if you just tuned in right now.
0: (laughs) Right. So we actually only have a couple more minutes, so we would love to make sure our listeners know how to get in touch with you and your ministry, Victoria. So how would they contact you in your ministry?
3: So, um, we have, it's real, the easiest way to, to tell you guys is you can go to www.fullcircleprogram.com and it'll give you an overview of the entire ministries, the locations. Um, we also have, um, a gratitude brunch next weekend, um, up here at our coming location. Basically, we're celebrating a lot of our donors and showing people the shop, but there's also a virtual piece to that too. Um, We'll be showing people, you know, what we do and the building and having some testimonies. And it will be live streamed September 26th at 1030 a.m. on the website. So I would say if, you know, if you know somebody that needs help, um, a support system, this group of sober young people that have something better than getting high, um, go to that website, www.fullcircleprogram.com. And all the information to reach out to me um, is there. So I think that's probably the easiest way. Yeah.
0: That is great. Well, Victoria, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that with us. And listeners, once again, that website was www. I can't hear y'all. Personally. Sorry. Okay. So thank you again so much, Victoria, for being with us today. Yeah. Um, and we are going to just close with prayer. We're going to pray for Victoria and her ministry and for and, and for our listeners out there, um, and, um, so Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time we've been able to spend with Victoria. We thank you for, um, just the beautiful, um, glory story that she has, that you are glorified through her life and her work every single day, that you brought her out of bondage and that you are offering so many other people the joy of your, um, amazing life. Um, through the work that she does, and so, um, and we just pray for our listeners as well. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you offer and that you give to us. And it's in your holy name that we pray, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Victoria, Amen. thank you again thank so much you, for being with Amen. us, listeners. Thank you for being with us here on Shelter and Peace. And our hour is coming to a close. Once again, you can listen on our app, and we look forward to seeing being here with you again next week, where you're going to hear from Father Dan Ketter. So please stay tuned.